This is Dr. Jonathan Shaw. I want to thank you for tuning in to Crown Ministries Podcast today. We hope that this message transforms you and encourages you to pursue God's presence in a greater way. Enjoy the message. Get your Bibles. Let's go right to the Word of God. Amen. I won't be long. I'll see. I won't be long. You know, preachers just lie. We just lie. Forgive us, Lord. We, I, I don't plan on being long. Let me say it like that. I have no intentions of being long, uh, but I want to share with you something that God has shared with me. Amen. Y'all, if y'all holler and scream at me, I promise you, I'll give it to you good and I'll give it to you quick and we could be on our way. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, the gospel according to Matthew chapter number 28. The gospel according to Matthew chapter 28. I want to continue where we left off on watch night service. The clock was ticking away before 12 o'clock. And so I was, I was trying to get rid of uh, all that I had, but I didn't have time. So I said, thank you, Lord. It's going to be a series. Amen. It's going to be a series. And I want to start a series starting today uh, simply entitled, Make Me Lord. Somebody say that, Make Me Lord. Write that in the chats and the comments, Make Me Lord. We want God to make us. It's our year of making disciples but we need God to make us in order that we can make disciples. One more time, say it again. Make me, Lord. Matthew chapter number 28, and we're going to begin our lesson at verse number 18. I'm going to read from the NIV, the New International Version, uh, something I don't ordinarily do. But if you got King James, NIV, Amplified, uh, all of it works. Amen. Praise the Lord. Matthew 28, verse 18, and it reads thusly. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. Look, lifting up uh, that verse 19, go therefore and make disciples of all nations. Go therefore and King James says, teach all nations or make disciples, teach, make disciples, teach. Make disciples. Go and teach. Go and make disciples. He never said preach. Lord, I'm going to mess up, but I love this job. I said he didn't say preach. He said go teach. All nations. It's amazing that people are looking for preaching engagements, but won't take advantage of te teaching opportunities. The commandment was to teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And I'm going to use our theme for our thought this morning, simply entitled, Lord, make me. Somebody say, Lord, make me. Come on, say it again. Say, Lord, make me. 
Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for this moment in time. We thank you for this spot in eternity whereby we have come to share your unchangeable word. Father, I pray that you would begin to use this flesh and clay. Cause me, Father, to come with the anointing that makes preaching easy, but also destroys yokes. I thank you that the devil is backing up because he's scared and nervous right now. I thank you that every enemy and adversary is being loose from his assignment because your word goes forth as a two-edged sword cutting between the marrow and the bone do warfare against that which wars against us and release us into destiny and purpose and the assignment of God. We thank you that at the end of this exercise someone would say I've drawn closer to him and now I know what I am to do. It is in Jesus name that we praise you and thank you. Somebody say amen. Amen. Have your seats on your way down. Just say, Lord, make me. 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 2020 has been a challenging year. And there's been some things that's been revealed in, this, in that year that we need to take note and make mention of. 2021 is a new year. Unfortunately, there are so many people who are going to take the same character and personality of 2020 into 2021. I'm preaching good already. Unfortunately, there are some people who are going to take old furniture into new places, old relationship into new spaces. Unfortunately, Sister Robin, some people are not going to change at all. The strike of 12 o'clock was insignificant, had no real definition, no real meaning. It wasn't a pivotal moment for them. And the truth of the matter is, ladies and gentlemen, that strike of 12 o'clock and the entrance into 2021 was no different than any other strike of 12 o'clock. The second wasn't longer. The minute wasn't longer. It didn't last any longer. No bells went off really in time. We did that at Times Square. <laughs> it really didn't happen in the spirit. It really happened within us. It really, the reality is this, Sister Larissa, that we can have a new year at any time. I'm talking good. I said we can really have a new year anytime. Any time could be a new year. Any strike of 12 o'clock, you ain't even got to wait to 12. Strike of 1 o'clock, strike of 11 o'clock. When you need change, you need to say, it may not be my season, but it is my time. When you need a pivoting moment in your life, you don't even need to wait for Sunday morning worship. You don't need to wait for Tuesday night Bible study. You need to simply declare, this is the hour that I have determined that I'm going to change and be transformed by the renewing of my mind. It was that story in scripture where Jesus was on his way to heal Jairus' daughter who was 12 years old, who was sick and dying. That a woman with the issue of blood for 12 years decided, listen, I've been dealing with this thing too long. Time is up and I know God is on his way. Jesus is on his way to go heal somebody else, but I need a miracle right now. She reached out and touched the hem of his garment because she made up in her mind that if I but touch the hem of his garment, I'll be made whole. It wasn't her time for a miracle but she determined that time was up and enough was enough and she turned that moment into her happy new year help me preach to your neighbor and tell him any moment could be your happy new year 
I can, any moment, any day of the week. It don't have to, you don't know how y'all do. You try to start your diets on Monday. Everybody start diets on Monday. You need, every day need to be a Monday. Every day need to be a happy new year. A Friday, a Wednesday, a Thursday. When you need breakthrough, you ain't got time to wait. Come on here, somebody. I said, when you need deliverance, you don't have time to wait and pause the clock. You need what you need from the Lord right now. Brothers and sisters, ladies and gentlemen, unfortunately, there are some people who are not going to change. They're not going to do anything different. They're not going to adjust their personality or their character. It's going to be more of the same. And one thing that we have recognized, especially in our society, even in the church world, is uh, what I called or consider to be a titleicious generation. Y'all going to talk to me? I said a titleicious generation. They love titles. The reason why they love titles so much is because this present society has an identity crisis. Oh God, I'm talking good. They don't know who they are. So they grab hold of titles in hopes that the title would define them and give them an identity and a purpose. But how many of you know that identity describes your function but not necessarily describe who you are? Let me say it again. A, a title will describe your function, but it does not necessarily describe or define who you are. I know a lot of folks that got the title, but don't live up to what the title says. Oh, come on. I know a lot of folks that carrying a big title, unfortunately, their life is smaller than their big title. I know a lot of people that got more letters than an alphabet behind their name, but it's no significance to their personality or their character. You can have the title, and that's good, and that, that's nice, but that does not necessarily define who you are. Most people nowadays, if you ask them who, you, who they are, they will start describing what they do. Well, I'm a mother or I'm a father. I work at so-and-so store. Or I do this, that, and the other. No, no, no. That's what you do. That's not who you are. <laughs> How many of you know that we ought to be praising God that we are not what we do? Oh, you better dance here. I said, I'm not what I do. If I was what I did, I would be in trouble. I said, if I was what I did, I would be on my way to a devil's hell. So it's what I did, but it does not necessarily define who I am. Unfortunately, in this generation and even in the church world, that individuals don't have definition outside of their title. They don't have any real definition. So uh, what 2020 has done when it caused us to be sheltered in place and quarantined and we don't have a, a thick itinerary in the schedule and we're not going out to preach or sing nowhere and everybody is locked up in the house. What it has done is it has taken away the efficacious power of your title. So now you have to function without the title. Now who you are if you ain't going to preach. Now who are you if you're not going to sing? Now who are you if your name is not in lights and you don't have a microphone in your hand? And unfortunately, people have lost identity because they lost function. 
God I talking good oh, God and when you lose that function and also lose your identity you then therefore feel insignificant and feel like you have no purpose but somebody lift up your hands real high and say I'm glad that I am not what I do I'm glad that I am not you are more than some teller at a bank you are more than just some employee at a company that don't pay you enough come on here the devil is a liar you are more than some mother that wipes snotty noses and change pampers and pay bills for kids that don't even appreciate it you are more than a father y'all ain't saying nothing that got three jobs here come on here and pay the bills and keep roof over that you're more than that you're more you're more than a preacher uh oh you're more than a prophet Jesus you're more than your title in the church that's more that's describing what you do that's not defining who you are and when some people start looking at that identity they look at their function instead of their definition to be or not to be is the question and I want to help some of you begin to define yourself according to your identity in God and not your function in the earth uh, who am I? Who am I? Who am I? Because if you don't know who you are, then you don't know who to date. If you don't know who you are, you don't know who to befriend. If you don't know who you are, you don't know who to marry. If you don't know who you are, you don't know who to reject. If you don't know who you are, you don't know who to embrace. And some of you have embraced relationship that's outside of the definition of who you are. And that's why it has been jacked up. And that's why it went plum fool and crazy. Because you're embracing relationships that's outside of the definition of who you are. I need to walk with somebody somebody that agrees with me how can two walk together except they agree how, how are you walking with darkness and your light how are you walking with evil and your good how are you walking with unclean and you're clean how are you walking with unholy and you're trying to be holy what good does darkness have walking with lights so your identity chooses your destiny and your identity chooses your friends and your identity even chooses your enemies you know why people hate you the reason that they hate you they hate you because who you are not what you got because some of you can barely rub two pennies together it's not what you have that causes them to hate you it's who you are they got a better job than you and still can't stand you because it's not what you got it's who you are when you understand understand who you are greater is he that's in me than he that's in the way i'm preaching good in this quarantine church ah when you know who you are when you know who you are ah, lay hands on yourself and say god help me to know who i am God, God, help me to know who I am. Help me to know that I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Help me to know that I'm made in the likeness and the image of God. Help me to know who I am. Help me to see myself according to the perspective of God. Let me speak some Latin. What does that mean? That means from the perspective of the eternal. It's from the perspective of God. It's from the perspective of that who is higher than you. In other words, I don't want to see myself on the level I am. I want to see myself on the level of where I'm determined to go. I'm seated in heavenly places so I should see myself the way God sees me. Who am I? Who am I? Who am I? 
identity crisis has been, oh God, the challenge of our world. And 2020 has had some people scratching their heads because they discovered they are not what they thought they were. You're not as powerful as you thought you were. You're not, oh God, you're not as, oh God, full that you thought you were. And 2020 showed you who you really are. We're not doing it right now, and I had to hurry up and get out of this. But I mean, when I when I drink something hot, usually I like tea. <laughs> if I drink coffee, it's hazelnut. But if I drink tea, it's lemon zinga. Y'all pray for me. Lemon zinga is my favorite. I like lemon zinga, and lemon zinga comes in one of those packets of teas where you know all of the tea bags is in one box. And sometimes you can get one of the variety box. Y'all ever went shopping and saw the variety boxes of tea? And so well, I like that uh, because the berry is good and and. So Sabrina, she likes the peppermint one. I like the lemon zinger one. But the problem with those variety packs is they don't label the bag. They got them all in there uh, together, you understand. And if, you, if you're not careful when you put it back, Pastor Moore, you can mix all of the tea bags up. And so I messed around one day and had my hot water ready and took one of them peppermint bags and put in my hot water. Now, Pastor Sabrina like peppermint. I don't particularly like peppermint tea. I like lemon zinger tea. But I put uh, a peppermint bag in my hot water. How, watch this. I didn't know it was peppermint. Till I put it in the hot water, my savior. I didn't know its identity till I put it in some trouble. God, I didn't know what the ingredients were until I put it in something that made it define itself. What are you saying, Dr. Shaw? I'm saying that God put you in 2020 to help you define yourself. He put you in some hot water to help show you who you are and what you're made of. And unfortunately, some of us are drinking the wrong cup of tea because we were put in the wrong cup of hot water. Brothers and sisters, ladies and gentlemen, you got to know your identity. And so let me get out of this. So what we're doing now in this world and society is we're throwing titles around because we don't know who we are. So we're throwing titles around. They're coming up with all kinds of stuff. They're coming up with all kinds of titles. It's happening in the church too. We are apostles and bishops and prophets and, 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 and we come on, we arches and, and all kinds of stuff. Hallelujah. It has its historical references and definition and meaning, but what they're really, people are searching. They're searching for, to, to know who they are and what they're here for. We prophet elect, apostle designate elect, ascending unto this and ascend, descending unto that. We all all kinds of stuff um, and in the business world we experts this and gurus this we life coaches business coaches mind coaches pinky toe coaches we nose coaches we are coach for your eye to help you to see we vision coaches we all kinds of coaches we're specialists in that and gurus in that but it's all because you don't know who you are and I'm, I'm here to help some of you hi don't you dare be coached by somebody that don't even know how to play the game 
Uh, all right, can I help some of y'all in the business world? Watch this, pay attention. When you are being mentored and coached by somebody, let the one that's mentoring you and coaching you have a proof of their own concept. In other words, don't tell me that you can make six figures, but you don't have six figures. Don't tell me that you could be a serial entrepreneur and your one business you got is struggling. Don't tell me that you could be an author and your book sounds like Dr. Seuss. Don't tell me how God of what how you can mentor me and coach me and there is no proof of concept look at your neighbor say hey neighbor where is the proof of concept you can't coach me in marriage and you on your way to divorce court come on here because you can't show me how to get married and stay married all you can do is show me how to get divorced come on don't coach don't coach me don't coach me don't try don't, don't call yourself a coach don't call yourself a specialist yet don't call yourself a guru yet you don't have enough proof of concept for what you're describing God, we got some folks on Clubhouse. I'm telling you, they're they all over the place. They don't know who they are. And so they try to impress you with the title. Don't be impressed by the title. Be impressed by the actions. I'm moving further. Uh, we're after the titles. We're after the titles. We're after the titles. But the Bible gives me to know, Jonathan Shaw preached, the Bible gives me to know that the greatest title you could ever have is servant. Oh, we missed it. I, why, why we don't see that title? Why, why don't we see Servant Shaw? Why don't we see, come on here. Why don't we see Servant so-and-so and, and Servant so-and-so? Uh, why, why must we be described and defined by our function rather than our being as a servant? For Jesus said, whoever's going to be chief among you must be servant of all. Somebody shout servant. Uh, throw your hands up real high and say, Lord, make me a servant I mean I don't care if I sweep the floor I want to be a servant if I'm preaching this Sunday I want to be a servant come on here I know I'm busting some of your egotistical bubbles but get over it and get delivered you must be a servant we running at the colored shirts we running at the backwards colors we running at the name and light but the Bible says when you enter into those pearly gates he's gonna say well done thy good and faithful servant not the bishop not the pastor not the prophet but the servant if you aim to be a servant then you're aiming to please God somebody shout Lord make me a servant the greatest title is servant the greatest title is servant. Somebody put that in the chat for me. The greatest title is servant. The greatest title is servant. I don't care if I cook, if I clean. The greatest title is servant. Sit me in the front, sit me in the back, doesn't matter. The greatest title is servant. Play the instruments, usher at the door, doesn't matter. The greatest title is what? Servant. Let 2021 be the year of the servants. They don't like this preacher, but I'm a preacher anyway. I said let 2021 be the year of the servants. I want to serve. That's all I want to do. I just want to serve God in gladness. All I want to be is a servant. They don't like that. 
because that title ain't big enough because you can't make the term servant grand uh, you can't be grand and be a servant they don't like that hallelujah you can't wear a special badge and be a servant watch this uh, servants aren't dressed up mm -hmm. uh, servants gotta wear comfortable shoes to church because uh, you're gonna do some walking uh, you're gonna do some moving come on here you can't serve in Louboutins look at y'all looking at me you can't serve looking glamorous and fabulous uh, servants uh, individuals are not here to impress people they're here to serve people uh, I'm not here for your hand claps and your pat on the back I'm here to serve you how may I serve you y'all looking at this purple shirt this ain't no purple shirt it's a uniform for service uh, it's not decoration I'm not a Christmas tree it's for service Oh, somebody say, Lord, make me a servant. Make me a That's what I want to be. I want to be a servant. I want to serve him. I'm excited about serving him. You know why? Because I get the opportunity to serve. I get a chance to serve. I get an opportunity to serve the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Come on. When you don't work, when you work for the White House, you brag about it. When you work for special corporations, you brag about it. But I work for the kingdom of God and I get to serve there. I get to touch holy things. I get to tend to holy people. I get to serve. Somebody shout, I get to serve. That's how servants talk. How arrogant people talk is, I got to serve. Okay, let me say it again. Servants use the language, I get to serve. Arrogant people say, I got to serve. Servants think of service as a privilege and an honor. It's noble to do it. Arrogant folks, it's a chore. Oh God, it's laborious. It's a burden. When you are serving of the Lord, come on, you get excited about serving. You get excited about doing something for God and the people of God and the house of God. Somebody shout real loud, Lord, make me a servant. I'm almost through. Oh Lord, make me a servant. The greatest title is what? Sir, not only is the greatest title servant, watch this, but the greatest trait is humility. God, they don't like this preaching. I said the greatest title is servant, but the greatest trait you could ever have is humility. They don't talk about this. We talk about anointing. We talk about power. We talk about having power with God and anointing and all that is wonderful. But what good is your anointing if you're not humble? What good is your power if there is no humility? What is What good is it if you can't bring yourself under subjection, under the mighty hand of God? We've got some anointed arrogant people. we got some anointed narcissistic individuals. We got some people who got power, my God, but you can't hold a conversation with them because they're so arrogant and full of themselves. Where are the people who will shake your hand and smile at you and hold a conversation with you? And if you need prayer, we'll pray with you because we're humble to serve. Somebody shot the greatest title is servant and the greatest trait is humility. 
And not talk about this false humility. Not talk about this false stuff. This false, oh, I'm so humble. I'm so humble. You're a liar. You're not humble. You glad that you was invited up to the stage in Clubhouse. You glad that we like love and shared your post. Come on, you're arrogant. You look for that. You like your name and light. Not this fake false humility. I'm talking about real biblical humility. When you ain't got to call my name for me to feel appreciated. As long as the Lord crowns me at the last day and at the trump of God. As long as I make it in the kingdom. My God, I praise you. I said, as long as I make it, we have the people who used to preach about heaven. I'm serving because I'm trying to get into heaven. I'm serving my way into glory. Not so you can see me. Not so you can pay me. Uh-oh. Not so you can honor me. Not so you can give me a golden certificate. I'm doing it because I'm trying to make it to heaven. God, I want to make it in. The greatest title is servant, Harry Shaw. The greatest trait is humility. Watch this. And the greatest gift is love. Lord, I'm making them mad, but I love it. I said the greatest gift is love. I'll say it again. The greatest gift is love. I didn't say prophecy. I didn't say be an apostle, a pastor, a teacher. I didn't say, come on, here, the gift of prophecy, the tongues, the gift of wisdom, or the word of knowledge. None of that is greater than love. Come here, Corinthians 13. There is no greater gift. There, I said there is no greater gift. The greatest desired gift ought to be love because you can't even prophesy accurately if you don't love who you're prophesying to you can't even serve properly if you're not doing it out of love love is not just something you do love is a person come here John God is love love is personified so which means if you can't love you can't God and if you can't God then you're no good I'm trying to help somebody to tell you that the greatest gift you can ever have is love the greatest gift, the greatest gift, the greatest gift, the greatest, I said the greatest gift, the greatest gift, the greatest gift. You won't preach right to people if you don't love them. You won't serve them properly if you don't love them. You'll never minister to them out of compassion if you don't love them. It's gotta be love. Get love before you get tongues. Get love before you get laying hands. Get love before you get a title. Get love first. Somebody shout love wins. Let 2021 be the year that love wins. Let love win. I'm trying to preach. The greatest title is servant. The greatest trait is humility. The greatest gift is love. Watch this. And the greatest discipline is prayer. The greatest discipline, I'm walking heavy, is prayer. Without the discipline of prayer, Chanel, we're not going to make it. Without communicating with God. Oh, God, that's why for 16 screamers, the devil fights you to pray. That's why the greatest warfare time you have is your prayer time. That's why your house is so noisy. Because the enemy says, if I can keep her from praying, if I can keep him from praying, then they'll never engage in discipline and if you don't engage in the discipline of prayer then you cannot be a disciple of Christ he's trying to keep you from your discipleship by preventing your discipline of prayer the greatest discipline is prayer we've lost the discipline of prayer we pray like Jesus told us not to in public so men could hear us. 
Come on here. I even got the prayer room on Facebook Live. But there's some nights I don't go on on purpose. I just told y'all my secret. You know why? Because I don't want you to lean on my public prayer when you have no private prayer. You shouldn't wait till Dr. Shaw get on Wednesday at 10 p.m. to start praying. You should have already been praying by yourself. You should have already committed your time to God. He said, don't pray like the hypocrites that stand in the street corners with their much speaking and their big words to be impressive. Don't pray like that. Get to the discipline of prayer where you pray when nobody is watching you the greatest discipline is prayer preach John boy the greatest title is servant y'all writing this down the greatest trait is humility the greatest gift is love the greatest discipline is prayer watch this and the greatest act is obedience I said the greatest act that you could ever do in life is obedience to God See, it is not good to have on your resume that you have preached to thousands and you didn't obey God by hugging the one. There are some people, Elder Heard, who's going to bust hell open. Though they preach to thousands, they have never hugged the one. Because God requires you to do what he tells you, not what you feel like doing. Oh, God. Oh, I'm trying to help y'all. The church has preached us for years. I'm going to mess up, but I love this job. The church has preached and said it, and we put in songs for years. Hallelujah is the highest praise. Hallelujah is the highest praise. Hallelujah is the highest praise. Nowhere in the Bible does it give us that. Hallelujah is the highest praise. Hallelujah is not the highest praise. Stop saying that. Stop saying that. Hallelujah is not the highest praise. But the Bible does say obedience is better. It does say obedience is better than sacrifice. We bring you the sacrifice of praise. Obedience is better than sacrifice, ladies and gentlemen. You can do all the dancing, all the shouting that you want to, all the preaching, all the singing. But if you never obey God, you're not going to get the rewards and the fruit of your service. Obedience is better. Somebody shout obey, obey, obey. Obedience is the greatest act. Obedience is the greatest act. Am I helping somebody yet? Servant is the greatest title. Humility is the greatest trait. Love is the greatest gift. Discipline and prayer is the greatest. And obedience is the greatest act. I got to go here. Watch this. And the greatest identity is disciple. Servant is the greatest title. Humility is the greatest trait. Love is the greatest gift. Prayer is the greatest discipline. Obedience is the greatest act. But the greatest identity you could ever have is to be a disciple. I want to change your thinking. I want to remold your perceptions about things that the church consider low or beneath them. And go after the things that the Lord rewards. The greatest identity you could ever have is to be a disciple of Jesus. A disciple is a student. A follower. One that is ever learning. One that knows, but is still learning more. 
See, the reason why we don't want to be disciples, Sister Robin, is because we're trying to be masters. But you can't properly master something when we know in part and prophesy in part. So if you're still doing it in part, you can never truly master it. God help us. But if you are a disciple, you are still learning with all that you still know. It becomes an insatiable desire. It means I've achieved it, but I want more of it. Somebody say, the greatest identity is to be a disciple. If you're not a disciple, a student, and a follower of Jesus, then you don't know your identity. We call ourselves saints, but we're disciples. We call ourselves members of churches, but we're disciples. Here at Crown, we passionately call us partners, but we're disciples. You happen to call me pastor, but I'm a disciple. They gave me the purple shirt, so now I'm bishop. Disciple. We are all students or followers of Jesus Christ. Here's the thing. Disciples are made. Disciples are molded, shaped, and fashioned. Jesus was getting ready to change the world, Deacon Rory, and pulled 12 guys that had never been discipled. He didn't pull them from the temple. He didn't get them out of the synagogue. He didn't go to the church house. Y'all ain't saying nothing to me yet. He didn't go to where religious people were because he didn't need them to be religious. God help me. He needed them to be disciples. Oh God. Unfortunately, people who are religious always trying to prove what they know, how much they know, what they can quote, what book you read. When you're being discipled, you sit in front of your rabbi, you sit in front of your teacher, and you shut your mouth and you absorb and you learn. The reason why some of you can't learn much, because you talk too much. Shut your mouth, disciple, and learn. If you can't, if you can't hear, it's because you're too busy talking. You're trying to be impressive when you need impartation. Uh, uh, uh. You're trying to be deep and what you need is a deposit. You don't know who you are. It's because you've never been disciple and disciples are made. We're not apps that you push a button and automatically we turn on. That's not a disciple. Disciples are made through hell and high water, through storms. Disciples are made through correction and conviction. God, I'm preaching good up in here. Disciples are made, hurry up, Shaw, through getting stuff wrong more than they get it right. Disciples are made through trial and error. Disciples don't have it together. We're trying to get it together. And we're constantly in the class of learning more. Somebody shout, Lord, make me a disciple. Huh? Make me a disciple. Because when you're a disciple, you can remove the burden off your
your shoulders that you got to always get it right. When you're a disciple, you remove that burden off you that you always got to have it together. Disciples don't always have it together. Come on here. Because some of us are like Peter. One moment we got the revelation that thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. The next moment we cutting folks ears off. One moment we cussing like sailors. Y'all ain't saying nothing. And the next moment we the chief apostle of the early church. Real disciples are individuals who got bad days and good days and get it wrong more than they get it right. But come on, I'm an ever student learning the more of God. I'm not perfect. Ah, God. But I'm progressively getting it together day by day. I'm here to shout for 10 disciples who will holler at me. God said he's looking for progression, not perfection. I said God said he's looking for progression, not perfection. As long as you're moving daily closer to him, that's all he wants. Stop trying to be perfect. I curse that spirit of perfectionism that has been hovering over you, that's trying to make you do it all right, dot all your I's and cross all your T's. God makes you mess up on purpose just to prove you you're still a disciple. Disciples are made. They're made. They're made. Somebody say they're made. He has sent you in the boat on the water. And he knows there's a storm out. But he'll send you anywhere. Because he sent disciples into storms. He sends disciples into storms. How many of you have ever asked God, God, did you know this was coming? Did you know this was going to happen? Why did you send me out here if you knew there was going to be a storm? Why did you let me get involved in this when you knew how it was going to end up? Why would you? Some of y'all are too scared to be successful and too scared to be blessed because you're afraid that success or blessings may crush you. And you don't want to get out there and be crushed. And you don't want to get out there and get your feelings hurt because we don't like to be embarrassed. But I'm here to tell you, he'll tell a disciple, get in the boat and send you out into the water. And he knows there's a storm out there. And he knows that there's something out there that can destroy you because disciples are made in storms. You can't be a disciple if you don't experience no storms. I got to close. I said you can't be a disciple if you don't experience no storms. And then what he will do in the middle of the storm is he want to test your sight as a disciple. He'll walk out on the water. And because there was visions of, 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 of type of demons and water demons and uh, there was water, water enemies and water adversaries and all of these kind of water demons that was out there they, they, they had to discern and they had to know who that was out there on the water and they said Lord is that you? No, there's a spirit out there because what he does is he walks on the water for the disciples so that they can know who he is because you'll never know who you are if you don't know who he is hallelujah and he doesn't test you to see if you know who he is while everything is calm and nice he don't test you Benaiah, on clear days and sunny days he tests you in storms can you locate me in the rain uh, can you locate me in the thundering and the lightning can you locate me in the storm Lord is that you if that be you bitch 
let me come so then come 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 and he steps out Peter steps out on the water because disciples are water walkers y'all better get away from these disciples who stayed in the boat high five somebody if you can touch them and say hey neighbor stay in the boat if you want to but real disciples are water walkers real disciples are individuals who would take the chance and go where he is But watch this, we'll start walking on water, but we'll start sinking too. So don't start celebrating your ability to walk on water, because each of you have the potential to start sinking again. Uh, because disciples are what? Made. Somebody said they're made. Oh God. Disciples are made. I gotta get out of here. And disciples are formed. And disciples are fashioned and disciples are created through adversity. Hmm? Hallelujah. That we may know him in the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering. Disciples suffer. Lord, look. This church got quiet. Online, where y'all at? I said disciples suffer. Disciples suffer. Who told you? Who lied to you and said that you wouldn't suffer? Who lied to you and told you that you wouldn't go through anything? They lied. They lied. They lied. They lied. Preachers have lied to us. Prophets have lied to us. And they told us that we will never go through nothing. And we will never experience it. It's a lie. It's a lie. Because great disciples are made through adversity. And the Bible gives us here in Matthew 28, I got to close. That the 12 boys that he selected, the 12 guys that he chose, has now seen him die. They've watched him die. Their hero is gone. Their Superman has left. Which gives me to know that disciples also at times feel abandoned y'all won't tell the truth I'll tell the truth on me I said sometimes we feel like we are all by ourselves, and our champion has left us where are you where you at where are you can't find you you died you died you died and he was dead and then got up. He died. And then got up. So now. We got pie on our face. Because we walked closest with him. We preached about him. We bragged and talked. We ate with him. He supped with us. And we suffered them two and a half days in misery because our faith had dropped because we really didn't believe that he was who he said he was. Now he's up. We've got to go back to believing again. We got to rehearse our faith again. I'm closing. And the Bible says that Jesus is alive. <laughs> Disciples have once again got it wrong. He's alive. They ran for nothing. He's alive. 
and one of them that was the cause of his death because he sold him out and betrayed him committed suicide he hung himself and his bowels turned out oh God because he gave up too quick my savior Judas could have been saved if he didn't kill himself because all of them got it wrong it wasn't only him Judas you betrayed him Peter he denied him all of them got it wrong you could have been saved if you didn't commit suicide and I'm trying to tell some of you stop committing spiritual suicide because there is salvation for you there is redemption for you don't give up too soon don't give up too quick you can be salvaged and redeemed because he's going to even use Peter too and the Bible says that all of the disciples were excited because Jesus is alive he's alive but he's not staying with us he was training them for three and a half years but now he's got to do what he told them he's got to ascend to the father He's got to go back to heaven. He's got to go back to glory. He taught them all that they are to learn. He showed them all they need to see. But now he's got to go back. And he's got to now send the comforter called the Holy Spirit. He's going to send them another comforter. He said, I'm not going to leave you by yourself and you'll never feel abandoned again. He said, because I'm going to send you another comforter. He said, but in order for you to continuously be my disciple here in Matthew 28, he gave them what we call theologically as the Great Commission. In other words, he says, I'm going, but I need you to continue to do your work. And I need you to continue to move into what I've called you to. And I need you to walk in purpose and destiny. And this is what I want you to do. I want you to go ye therefore. Uh, he said, go. Somebody shall go. I said, he said, go. Somebody shall go. He said, go ye therefore and teach or make disciples of all nations. Brothers and sisters, ladies and gentlemen, church, I'm here to tell y'all we had it wrong. Because for years we have been praying, Lord, send them. We've been asking God to bring them in and to send them to our church and send them to our service and send them to our Bible study. Lord, we ask them to send them to our studies and all of our programs, but he never told us to pray, God, send them, but he told us, go therefore. When you look at the word go, it's G-O, which means it stands for get out. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, what God did in March of last year was he kicked all of us out because we would not get out and because we would not go and make disciples of men. He said, go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Ghost teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. I'm quitting and closing y'all because y'all don't like discipleship messages. But I want to tell y'all something. Since you've been saved, not only have you been discipled and not only have you been trained, but the Lord has been teaching you some very things that's going to cause the anointing on you to come forth and change other lives. But not only have you been discipled, but you got to go and make disciples. I got a question for y'all. How many people have you led to God since you've been saved? How many people have you witnessed to since you came to the knowledge? 
how many people have you shined the light of God on and their light turned on because your light was shining not only are you to be discipled but you're supposed to go make disciples I need somebody throw your hands up and say Lord make me a disciple we're so busy asking God to make us into CEO executives. We're so busy asking God to make us business owners and make us authors of books. God make me a wife. God make me a husband. But the greatest identity that you could ever have in God is to be a disciple. One more time, throw those hands up and say, Lord make me a disciple give me some more monitors and when you're made a disciple you don't have to worry about a title you don't have to worry about them calling your name out because you know who you are and you know whose you are you know the God you serve and you know why you serve him and you're not looking for badges and certificates you're not looking for pats on the back but you're looking for the crown of glory when you make it to heaven with your mask on point your finger to your neighbor and say neighbor I'm looking to go to heaven because that's where disciples go disciples may not go to the Grammys but we go to heaven disciples may not pastor mega churches but we go to heaven disciples may not have 5,000 followers on social media but we go to glory look at somebody and say neighbor my desire is to please him by being a disciple Lord make me a disciple I don't want to be rich and lose my soul I don't want to have houses but bust hell open I want to be a disciple I want to let my light shine bright that men may see my works and glorify my father in heaven look at your neighbor and say neighbor turn your light on turn your light on turn your light on we want to see your light this little light of mine I'm gonna let it let it shine let it shine shine in my home let it shine shine on my job let it shine shine in the schoolhouse let it shine let it shine where's your light where's your light disciples we are light and we are salt and if the salt lose its savor where shall it be salted look at somebody and say neighbor in 2021 I'm going to be salt and light, salt and light, salt and light. That's what he's looking for. Salt and light. All taste and see that the Lord is good. Real disciples, they endure hardness as good soldiers. Real disciples persevere in bad times. Real disciples bless the name of the Lord 
at all times and the praise is in the mouth of a disciple real disciples don't go out creeping and slipping real disciples are holy acceptable unto God throw your hands up and say Lord make me make me make me make me a disciple make me a disciple not a prophet not an apostle but Lord make me a disciple don't make me a bishop make me a disciple don't make me a choir singer make me a disciple don't make me famous don't make me a celebrity but make me make me a disciple make me through the storm and the rain make me mold me shake me i wanna be a disciple shout it out shout it out shout it out ah. I wanna be, I gotta be a disciple. Shout yes. I wanna be, I gotta be honorable, holy, humble. A disciple that when I lay hands on the sick, they recover. When I call a thing that be not as though it were. It comes to pass. Oh, Lord, make me a disciple. Throw your hands up and say, Lord, make me a disciple. The greatest anointing, the greatest power, the greatest identity you could ever have. I want to be a witness. I want to be a witness i gotta close y'all but let me climb up again i wanna be a disciple make me a witness for the lord make me a witness sanctified witness holy witness consecrated witness i wanna be a witness for the lord if you wanna be a witness throw your hands up and say us, say us. Wanna be? We are the witnesses. We are the disciples. Where's the disciples? Where's the disciples? Where are the disciples? On the bus? On the train? On the job? in the grocery store in a pandemic in a 2020 where are the disciples where are the disciples lord make me come on disciples open your mouth praise him come on followers followers of jesus students of the word Come on, praise him. Come on, magnify him. 
Only the people who ain't no disciple are quiet right now. Real disciples, open up their mouth. Clap your hands. Shout to your God. If the devil got you, stay quiet. But if Jesus got you, holler. Holler. Hallelujah. Ain't nobody mad but the devil. Ain't nobody mad but the devil. Ain't nobody mad but the devil. But disciples are rejoicing even in a pandemic. Because one of these mornings, I said one of these mornings, he's going to crack the sky, descend on the cloud. With the trump of God, he's coming back for disciples. He's coming back for a church without spot or wrinkle. Say yes. Come on, disciples. Come on, disciples. Come on, students. Come on, followers. We are those Jesus freaks. We're the Jesus freaks. We're the Jesus followers. We're the people who are privileged to serve. We're the people that's excited about what God is about to do in your life. Come on, disciples. Come on, disciples. We want so much from God. We want God to do so much. But make me a disciple. Make me a disciple. Mold me, shape me. Standing all over the room if you can. I'm finished. I'm through. I'm done. Make me, make me a the greatest identity, the greatest identity you could ever have is being a disciple the greatest thing you could ever be is a student a follower of Jesus Christ because when you are that when that's who you are disciples are sons disciples are daughters when that's who you are you then share the experience with others Disciples are not stingy. Disciples share the experience with others. Who have you won to the Lord since you've been saved? I want to give you a charge and a challenge for the rest of your existence on this earth. For you every year of your existence bring at least one soul every year to the Lord one soul a year for the rest of your life that's easy one soul you got a whole year to work on one person real disciples don't stay disciples just to themselves but they become disciples to the world 
and bring others in. When Jesus gave these boys the great commission, they went, brought in another named Matthias. There was 12 of them. Peter started preaching. Jerusalem bursted out. The church was growing. 3,000 people came to the church. But then these guys started going to different countries. Bartholomew went to India. One went to Greece. They started going to different countries, evangelizing and teaching and baptizing. They were killed for it. They were murdered for it. But they were disciples. See, nowadays, if, we, if it's too hard or it's too difficult or it's feel like it's killing us, we ain't doing it. But God said it's supposed to kill you. I know y'all don't want to hear that. Y'all don't want to hear that. Y'all don't want to hear that. I said this is after the Holy Ghost. They were persecuted because they witnessed to others. Who have you won to the Lord since you've been saved? You're not a true disciple if you're not winning somebody to the Lord. Uh-oh. Oh, we got titles, we got badges, we got certificates. But who have you won to the Lord? Because your discipleship is not sealed until you've won somebody to the Lord. Who have you shared your experience with? Disciple. Beyond a Facebook post, some of you living in New York City and even in other states, you've been riding on the train, riding on the bus, and the Holy Ghost told you, go talk to that lady. Go talk to that woman. Go talk to that man. And you fight it. Oh, no, they're going to ignore me. They're not going to like me. They're not going to understand me. He does it to you all the time. He provides you opportunity. A train ride is an opportunity for evangelism. We miss it because we're too prideful. And watch this. And then the Holy Ghost is so bad. Let me tell you how bad he is. He's so bad that if you don't go to the person he told you to go to, the next train ride, he'll send somebody to start talking to you. Don't even know you. They'll just start telling you all their business. They'll just start talking all kinds of stuff. Like, lady, you don't even know me. Why are you telling me this? Because he's making you a disciple. Your life is not yours. You're a disciple. You're a student. An ever-learning student. Lord, make me a disciple. Today, I want us to pray one prayer. And that one prayer is, Lord, make us the disciples. Don't give me millions. Make me a disciple. Before you give me the job, make me a disciple. Before you tell me who to marry, who to date, where to go, where to move to, I want to be made a disciple. Because all of that other stuff is going to come when we're obedient to discipleship. I wish y'all could hear the secret from heaven. I said all of that other stuff is going to come when you are obedient to discipleship. Some of you are going to start discipling your homes. Disciple your family. Could it be that he told us to shelter in place and stay in the house because that's how the early church started? They continued in the apostles' doctrine and went from house to house teaching each other or making disciples. Maybe the Holy Ghost is keeping us home because he wants us to disciple who's in our house. It's a shame that you would preach to strangers but you won't teach in your own house. Lord, make me a disciple. Can you lift your hands online? Lift your hands right where you are. Close your eyes. Single yourself unto the Lord. Father, today we seek the greatest identity. We don't seek fame and fortune. For what profits us to gain the world but lose our soul?
But Father, today we seek for identity in you. As sons and daughters, as servants. Father, we come today to be made disciples. We come today, Father, to be the man and the woman that you called us to be. Students of your word. Followers of Jesus Christ. Today, Father, we pray that you would mold us and make us into true disciples, holy and humbled. We pray, God, that we are true disciples that would declare and proclaim your word to a dying world. For you said in your word that the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And today, we lay hold of eternal life. We lay hold of eternity. And we lay hold of the God of our salvation. We reach for you and we say, Lord, make us. Make us into disciples. We repent. We repent for the opportunities that we ignored. We repent for the moments that we neglected. We repent for those things and those times that you called people to us and you called us to people. But we did not let our light shine. We didn't open up our mouth. We kept silent when we should have spoke up. Forgive us, Lord. We repent even now. But now, God, our light is on. And we're ready to share the light. And to spread the light to others. And to tell of the good news of Jesus the Christ. Whether they want to hear it or not, it's not our responsibility. But, Father, we will tell a dying world that Jesus Christ loves them. And that he's coming back for a church. Father, help us. Help us to be a disciple. Help us to walk like a disciple. Talk like a disciple. Live like a disciple. We pray, God, that our hearts are transformed. We pray, God, that through revelation, we receive transformation. That we may go into the world and give a proclamation. We declare even now, Father, that no weapon formed against us shall prosper. Everything that rises up against us shall be condemned. Everything that wars against our discipleship, we war against it now. And we plead the blood over every disciple. We speak over their lives, over their family, over their children, over their body. Let signs and wonders follow them that believe. Lord, make us. Lord, make us. Lord, make us. Don't stop till you finish. Lord, make us. For he that hath begun a good work in us shall perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. My prayer today is that you would make us. Make us make us not great singers not great preachers but teachers teachers of the word teachers of the ways of jesus teachers of the mind and the heart of god lord make us disciples come on lift up those hands all over this building even online and for the next 60 seconds let that be your prayer lord make me a disciple lord make me a disciple lord make you put me on that job as a disciple you put me in that neighborhood as a disciple you told me to live in that building as a disciple you put me in the family you put me in because I'm a disciple now send me send me send me send me I feel an anointing in this place I feel glory in this room if I'm at the restaurant send me if I'm at the corner store send me if I'm at the shopping mall send me make me a disciple hey 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 make me a disciple hey make me a disciple let my light shine let my light shine come on disciples Open your mouth and say, Lord, make me, make me a disciple. 
make me a disciple hey I don't want to be an elder in the church but not a disciple in the world I don't want to be a preacher in the temple but not a disciple in the streets Lord make me Lord make me in the business community in the film community make me a disciple make me a light in a dark world come on somebody lift your hands make me a light in a dark world make me a light in a dark world I want to be a light I want to be a light make me a disciple where are the disciples at we are the disciples we are the disciples I know you need money to pay your rent I know you need money to pay your bills I know you need a healing in your body but ask him make me a disciple he takes care of his own he takes care of his own if you take care of God's business God will take care of your business I want to be I got to be a disciple that's my identity that's your identity your identity is to be a witness is to be a disciple that's who you are that's who you are never again question your identity never again question who you are you're a disciple I don't know who I'm talking to you're a disciple this word is for you you're a disciple to your son to your daughter to your grandchildren you're a disciple to your co-worker you're a disciple to your next door neighbor you're a disciple receive the anointing of discipleship I'm getting ready to go for 30 seconds can y'all lift your hands I prophesy receive the anointing of discipleship receive the anointing of discipleship online on Facebook live on YouTube the anointing of discipleship be upon you the anointing to be a witness the anointing to be a witness the anointing to be a witness that's who you are that's who you are you're a disciple you're a disciple you're a disciple somebody open your mouth and declare it I am a disciple come on take your identity take your identity take your identity and say I am a disciple I am what God says I am I'm a student I'm a follower I'm a disciple I'm a disciple I'm a disciple listen I'm a disciple lay hands on yourself and say I'm a disciple come on come on come on get your identity say I'm a disciple never again question who you are watch this you're gonna make some mistakes but you're a disciple students don't always get all the answers right sometimes you're gonna fail but you're still a disciple sometimes you're gonna get it wrong but you're still a disciple don't question who you are because what you did you're still a disciple now go make disciples
go make disciples go make disciples we come to church because we enter to worship but we depart to serve let me say it again we enter to worship but we depart to serve brothers and sisters ladies and gentlemen those of you that's online today you may have never confessed Jesus Christ before as your savior you may have never confessed him as Lord you may have not never begun the life or the journey of a disciple but today's your day today you can come to him today you can know him it's very simple all you got to do is say this prayer with me and repeat this prayer after me if you're ready to do that I want you to bow your head and close your eyes right where, right where you are and say Lord Jesus come into my life save me change me and transform me I confess with my mouth that Jesus is Lord I believe in my heart that he rose on the third day and now I don't belong to myself I no longer belong to this world I'm yours Lord I'm saved I'm saved I'm saved I hope you enjoyed the podcast today if you did I would love for you to do two things one subscribe to our show so you can receive notification of our most recent messages also if this message has impacted you you can click the link in the description and you can give now we'll connect with you next time on crowd ministries podcast